Welcome to Why I Built This, the show where founders share the stories behind why they built the organizations they built. I'm your host, Mary Elizabeth Lemmer, and on this show I talk to nonprofit founders, to tech company founders, and even the owner of your favorite local business. You'll get to hear the real stories behind the initial inspiration, the burning desires, the touching stories that lit the initial spark and keep the fire burning for purpose-driven entrepreneurs. On today's episode, we are excited to get to know Kate Ryder, the founder of Maven, the first ever digital health clinic for women, offering services from reproductive health, mental health, pregnancy, and wellness. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us, why did you start Maven? What was the initial inspiration to get started with this? Um, well, I think just as a, as a female, you know, you navigate the healthcare system very differently from an early age than you do with your with your male peers, and it's really clear um, early on. There's a lot of stigma attached to some women's health issues, and there's a lot of gaps in access and care. Um, whether it's trying to get birth control, or you know, being afraid to talk about your period, or you know, any, anything related to your sexual health. Um, and so, uh, and you know, you, you have that, and then you have this this amazing network of, of providers who actually are are there to help women through all of this. It's just hard to reach them, and it's hard to find them. So, um, when I was working in in venture capital, uh, I was looking at a lot of digital health investments, and you know, my friends at the time were starting to get pregnant. Um, so again, you know, interacting with the healthcare system in a very very different um, way. And, uh, and there was just major gaps in care, and a lot of the businesses I was seeing uh, didn't, didn't really focus on the female consumer, didn't really solve any of these issues. Um, and you know, when you peek under the hood of a lot of digital health businesses, particularly ones that you know, serve the patient, a lot of, uh, you know, of the decision-making in healthcare is actually driven by women. So women drive 80% of decisions, women make up 80% of healthcare providers, so you have this dominant female market. You have this dominant, um, you know, this and, and this this the female who navigates healthcare differently, and yet the voice, the, the female voice, is just really, you know, faint in, in healthcare. And so I thought, okay, here's a huge opportunity to to change that and, and empower both providers as well as patient, female patients to you know, get access to each other over a video or a message-based platform so that they could get birth control prescriptions more conveniently. They could get, you know, some of the specialized care um, that no one really talks about when, as it relates to women's health, like support for postpartum depression, support for grieving and miscarriage. Um, and then also, you know, just have a, a, a more delightful experience because, you know, if you've been to the doctor's office in healthcare, it's, and, you know, it's, it's, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, certainly I can relate to that. Um, was, there a, was there a time when, as you were discovering this and seeing this problem and seeing that companies weren't focused on solving the problem for women, that you had experienced this to a point, like personally, where you're like, I have to do this. I can't just I can't not do anything else because it's a, it's a big endeavor, right? To go and say, I'm going to start a company to solve this problem versus just seeing that this is a problem and like letting someone else solve it. So why did you decide to, to tackle this personally? Yeah, great question. So I was a journalist before working in, in venture capital and starting Maven. Um, in, in many ways, venture capital was this the bridge to start Maven. 
Um, and so I think that as a journalist, you're always looking at those big macro stories and you're just listening to people all the time to try to better understand those stories. And so I think, um, you know, you kind of do something similar in, in venture capital, but as I just, you know, not only thinking back through some of my own experiences um, dealing with a very fragmented and dysfunctional system, um, but also just starting to hear a lot of the stories from my friends uh, who, you know, are starting to have kids. One of them did get postpartum depression. One of them, you know, got a fourth degree tear and experienced pain for almost a year um, after having after having your child. And so, you know, it was it was just incredible that these stories not only weren't being told, but then there was like there were no products to serve them. And so I think. You know, in going from journalism to venture capital, my impetus was was basically instead of writing the story, let's actually you know figure out is there a business and a product to create to solve to solve the need. And so, um, so yeah, so that's what that's what uh, that's what led me to have you know the insane undertaking of trying to change women's health in America. Um, but uh, but basically, uh, I, I think another another big thing. To mention is that it's actually the fourth business I, I, I tried to start. So I kept trying. I kept trying to start businesses, probably um, you know for three years. Uh, and you know when something's the right idea because it, the market essentially drags it, uh, drags you to market. So um, you know I tried to start a nutrition and supplement business. I looked at a travel business. Um, I looked at a retail business and. You know, they were. I think they all revolved around the theme of of, of helping women. Um, and so I think that you know there was there was they were good. They were okay ideas. Um, but really, that when you start talking to women when it comes to their healthcare, both patients and providers, I mean the stories are so powerful and the need is so powerful that it, it was just something that it was just like you know, a no brainer to to go and do. And and how what was it about Maven that made it stick? Like, why was Maven the business idea that survived all those other ones when those didn't seem to stick? And how has that initial idea for Maven changed since you initially had the idea and started working on it? Lots of good questions. Okay, so let me start with the first one. Um, so why, why Maven? So I think probably the biggest thing were just the, the providers that I, I spoke to in the beginning. So, um, you know, I have I had friends um, who worked in healthcare. I have a lot of doctors in my family. Um, and I think it was just the, the validation um, of, of that this was this needed to happen and that healthcare was moving in the direction of, of kind of, you know, telemedicine and being one of the primary ways you you receive care, so you know remote health care, and the fact that all these women's and family health providers were being left out because most of the telemedicine networks were focused on primary care. So it was it was kind of a, a thesis, so to speak, that you know if you look at so many other industries, the uh, it's it's a lot of the verticalized um, marketplaces that create that initial stickiness that then can grow into the more general marketplaces. Um, and so usually, you know, and in so many businesses, you start with a very specific, uh, a specific industry and a specific population. And so for us, we were just basically saying, okay, here's this industry, telemedicine, that's a lot of generalist platforms. It's kind of a commodified experience. It's not that great. 
let's verticalize it. Let's focus on the core patient, which is a female. Let's provide her amazing specialized services. Let's curate our provider network. Let's only have the best because at the core of what we're doing is the patient-provider relationship and enhancing it and making it come to life in a digital environment. Um, and so that was, I think, um, I think probably the, the, the main thesis and why everything just kind of fit together between the market, um, between the, you know, what I was hearing from the providers themselves, and then also just, you know, between myself, my friends, just any, any woman that you talk to, I think she's probably had a, not a great health experience by the time she's 30, whether it's reproductive health related or, or mental health related. So, um, so yeah, so, so that was it. And then of course, every entrepreneur needs to benefit from a little luck. Um, which we absolutely did because I think uh, in you know the, the first wave of digital health was kind of you know people were starting to see some of the value created by some of these digital health companies and so people were starting to take you know a, a lot of these the different programs and networks more seriously um, and so it, and you know you also see some of the big tech players getting into healthcare so it, it, it was also an industry that was opened a little bit more open than it had been in the past to innovation and also attracting great talent into the industry that, you know, might think someone might have worked in ad tech, for instance, didn't want to do that anymore, wanted to do something that was, that was you know, good for society and so started looking at industries like healthcare and education. And so you you know I think the confluence of all of that uh, you know made made in the right the right uh, the right move at the right time. So um, and then how has it evolved? To your second question, um, I so when we first launched two and a half years ago, we launched knowing that we were going to be working with companies um, as kind of our, our first foray into um, the the payer world because. Companies, you know, particularly ones that are self-insured, they essentially are, you know, covering the healthcare costs of their employees. And having worked in venture capital, I knew that that was kind of the first step to take to start to, you know, affect change from a cost perspective in the system and to start working with the quote system. So, um, so we started talking to companies in late 2014. And what we heard was um, that, you know, we didn't know whether our product was going to just offer our network to these companies so that women could, you know, book a pediatrician or an OBGYN or a nurse practitioner or a mental health provider, you know, anytime over video conveniently, um, or whether we need to take a more programmatic approach and really zero in on, you know, the main issue that most companies face, which is, um, you know, when it comes to women's health, which is maternity. You know, maternity drives most costs, uh, a lot of healthcare costs at a lot of these companies. It's typically, it's always typically in the top five, um, but oftentimes for companies with millennials, it's the number one or number two healthcare spend. So, you know, you have that dynamic going on. You also have a dynamic where only 57% of women stay at their job right after having a kid. So you just have huge amounts of, um, of, of people leaving their work. So it's kind of, you know, unfortunate. You as a company, you pay all this money for maternity and then you, you lose the employees for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, they just didn't want to come back and, and that's totally fine. But, you know, there's also the reality of a large percentage of them who 
didn't feel like they had a supportive work environment, didn't recover from childbirth, was suffering from postpartum depression, and didn't get the support they needed. And so, um, and so we started, you know, so, so we heard a lot of that from the early employers we talked to, um, and we realized pretty quickly, wow, there's a, um, an amazing opportunity to go beyond just access, which, was, which is, you know, what, what we have on the market today for consumers, which is, you know, book an appointment whenever you want, get a prescription, talk to somebody, see them again and again. Um, but really, it's it, it's the core of that is access and move beyond that and into outcomes where we are actually affecting change in a population. So, um, so we started building that program, Maven Maternity, uh, in you know a little like a few months after we launched in 2015. We started rolling out to the first clients in early 2016, and um, and it's really you know the focus of the business right now, which is you know getting this program right, selling it to more customers, you know really redefining the maternity experience for working women, um, and providing them that support. I remember when you first shared with me some of those stats around how many women leave the workplace and, and what happens after pregnancy and during pregnancy, and they continue to just shock me every time I hear them that they that that's a thing. And I, since first meeting you and learning your story, I've gone around to people and be like, "Did you know that like you know sixty percent of women experience this?" And I think it's something that not a lot of people realize until you and you dig into the numbers and it's like, wow, this is a this is a very important and very significant um, thing that's happening. And I remember you also telling me that you are a you're a recent mom. Um, congratulations. Um, how did your experience with pregnancy shape what you're doing with Maven? Um, yeah, so it's interesting because, you know, I was one of the uh, last ones of my friends to have a kid because, you know, I basically had Maven first. <laughs> and so I had already heard all their stories and I had already heard basically um, the stories of a lot of our patients on Maven because I had already started Maven by this, you know, when I got pregnant. And what was so, um, I think, eye-opening about the experience was so you, you hear these, the, the kind of the larger stories, but every day there are details that you're, you're kind of like, as a patient, you're like, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like, whether it's, um, you know, it's, it's, for instance, when you're 26 weeks, you go in to uh, take a test for gestational diabetes, and you're forced to drink a 12-ounce bottle of disgusting sugar water slash Kool-Aid, right? why aren't there just gummies for the patient experience? Like, why are women forced to drink that? And I talked to my doctor about it, and she's like, great question. You know, there's a lot of people in healthcare that have wanted to change that part of the patient experience in maternity for a very long time. It's just really hard because the company that, um, you know, owns that drink that everyone drinks has Monopoly, and it's just, you know, it's just, it's gridlock. So um, so that's just a small example of, of Wow, this could be better. And then the larger examples are obviously, you know, the the postpartum ward on hospitals where they don't send you a lactation consultant, so you might breastfeed wrong for the first 24 hours. That happened to me. Um, I knew I was, uh, I knew I was, I knew that breastfeeding was hard, but I thought I had it right. I didn't, um, and I didn't get any support for that. And I kept, you know, raising my hand asking for help. And as a result, the first month of breastfeeding, it was, you know, done practically through tears. And and again, like, why is this? You know, this is like the core of the, of the human experience is reproducing. So 
why is the patient experience so suboptimal? And then also there's a lot larger stats around um, around you know maternal mortality and whatnot in the U.S. compared to other developed countries. But yeah, I mean, so my personal patient experience, I was just so surprised that you know I had heard things from other people um, or a lot of things, and I needed a lot of help during my pregnancy. Um, you know, I got sciatica. No one ever told me that could happen, which is you know a pinched nerve in your back that is you know incredibly painful. Um, I got separation anxiety after returning to work really quickly because, you know, I think the hormones that you get after you have a baby are like, don't leave the baby, don't leave the baby, don't leave the baby. <laughs> um, so it's, it's uh, you know, that surprised me. Um, and, so, and so all of these things, um, I think, you know, we are now our whole program is around identifying things that people don't talk about enough and, um, and then providing support. And so... We also have expanded our network as a result, where we used to have OBGYNs and midwives and nurse practitioners and doulas, um, pediatricians. Now we're even going as deep as sleep coaches, uh, you know, career coaches to really help with that kind of um, difficulty postpartum that a lot of women have. So um, the, I mean, the other thing is, you know, there's a lot of just uh, really fluffy, unhelpful um, content. Uh, I mean, it's fun to read, but it, it doesn't really help you manage um, your pregnancy. And so, uh, so we've also, you know, we've done a lot in our product around creating practical resources that can help women, um, you know, manage the million things you have to do, like how to choose daycare. Uh, you know, what's a sample nanny contract look like? Um, how to put your child on health insurance? how you should expect to be paid while on maternity leave, you know, and that's employer specific, so we'll do work there. Um, but, you know, because that also is coming into play here. So it's this idea that why wasn't there one place that could just help me with everything, whether it was meeting providers to help me with specialized needs, whether it was paperwork related, um, it was just so broken. And so, uh, so yeah, so that's, you know, I think, Having gone through it now, uh, there's a lot of different angles we're taking to tackle these issues. So you touched on the the practical resources you offer and touched on the product a little bit. Can you tell us a bit more about the product and how how people engage with it? How do these women engage with your product? Is it with like, is it, it seems like it's all online? Are they talking with someone? Tell us a bit more about that. Sure. So it, with the... Um, it, with the employer product. So if you're just an individual, you're not, you know, pregnant and you just want support, you can download our app, um, Maven Clinic in the app store, or go on our website, mavenclinic.com. You, you know, you sign up, you can book an appointment instantly. Um, you can, you know, you'll write a, a quick note to the provider to let them know um, why you're seeing them. And then they can either write you a prescription or, you know, if it's, it's mental health or wellness or nutrition or even just a quick second opinion on something, you know, they'll just talk to you over video. Uh, you also can, you know, message them and, and whatnot if you don't want to do a video appointment. So, um, so that's, you know, pretty, pretty straightforward and that product will, you know, will always be there uh, because access is, is super important. Um, with the employer product, we actually, you know, we built out an entire program. So let's say you enter the program five weeks pregnant. Um, you know, one of the first things we ask you is if you have a doctor yet. Um, if you don't, then we can actually, based on where you live and who your insurance carrier is, we can make recommendations of Maven practitioners who have low C-section rates and low episiotomy rates. 
So you know as a patient that you know you're going into somebody who basically wants to give great quality care to women that you know is not necessarily it doesn't end on the cutting board. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little graphic. Um, and so uh, and so you know then you would go through the program. Um, you know we we have a little uh, a fun tracker. We have quizzes. We have um, fun articles to read. We have you know, very, very specific resources. The other thing that um, is really popular are patient communities where you can join a community. Um, this is just in the employer product. Um, for instance, if you're uh, if you're 38 and it's your first kid, you're having a very different experience than if you're 28 and having your first kid. So you can um, join communities of other 38-year-old moms. Um, you can join communities if you're trying to get pregnant and having a lot of trouble. Um, you know, infertility is, is, is really popular. Same with, uh, you know, the kind of, you know, if you're having trouble in your relationship after having a baby, you can you can meet other moms that way. And that's always guided our, by our clinicians. So um, so that's really popular. Then at the core, you know, we're, you um, you always can book with any of our providers. And also when you're, um, the really good thing is when you're on the employer um, program, you get a care coordinator, which just means they'll do anything you know, that you need help with 24 seven. So they can even call your insurance company on your behalf and say, hey, what's this surprise bill for? Um, you know, how do we how do we reduce this? Cause I can't pay for that. Or, um, or you know, just helping you, hey, I wanna, you know, I wanna doula um, at present, you know, present at my birth. Can you help me find somebody in person? Um, so it's, uh, you know, we have, that you basically just get super concierge care. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many great, yeah, so many great things you offer. I've I've spent some time in the patient communities and reading some of the uh, interactions and conversations. And I will say that whether you're you're pregnant or not, or you've never been pregnant, there's so many, there's so much great content and great conversation that that I've learned from, even though I've never had a child. Um, and I think that that that's something that can help all women, um, no matter where they are in their life. Yeah, there's, I love that. They're so racy, some of those. <laughs> there, there are. There are definitely some racy ones. I mean, it's, yeah. it's but it's real, right? It's like real very, stuff very that real. people experience, and you're like, oh yeah, like I'm so glad someone asked that. Yeah. Um, and we will. So whether you're an individual or a company, we will put in the show notes uh, ways that you can either download Maven and join, or if you're an employer, ways to get in touch with them. Uh, about their program for employers. Um, before we before we sign off, though, Kate, I'd love I'd love to chat with you about one thing. Uh, you've mentioned that you're kind of on this mission to change women's health in America, and I'm curious what you think women's health in America looks like in five years, uh, with Maven being part of that world, obviously. Yeah. So um, so let's. You know, women's health is super broad, so what we focus on is kind of millennials, so, you know, 18 to 44, so let's talk about, you know, that segment of the, of the market, um, but, you know, I think in, in five years, I think that you're going to have so many more women who are advocates for their own health care because they have tools like Maven to empower them to, you know, get information, get access so that they, you know, you, you and, and, and shedding light on a lot of major issues in, in women's health that no one really talks about. Um, and so I think that, you know, you're going to start to see just a, a lot, a lot more advocacy for things to, um, you know, for, for a better system for the, for, for women specifically. And I think the female voice in healthcare, um, 
is getting elevated. I think you know the the last the some of the the, the bills right now in in the government. Uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of things that uh, are not good for women's health because ultimately they just strip a lot of funding away from really important programs that are preventative, that are you know maternity programs um, and whatnot, and, and and Medicaid too. I mean, Medicaid one out of two births. Are, um, are are born to somebody on Medicaid and stripping out Medicaid funding is really dangerous for um, you know for for that because if you don't take care of the new mom then you're not going to get the child on the right um, footing to then actually be a healthy contributing member of society so um, I, I, I hope and I, I think with with maven I mean we're very much um, you know this is this is at our, our core mission is if you take care of, of women and families then you're actually making healthcare better because that's where it all starts because they also can take care of their communities and, and whatnot um, and so I do think that that will maybe after this administration um, but that voice is is going to be you know a lot more powerful in five years and a lot more informed well that certainly sounds like a world I want to be a part of so thanks for helping shape that future and thanks for spending time with us today and sharing your story. Great. Well, thank you and uh, talk to you later. <laughs>